how to use AI in healthcare is a common issue, not only in China but in the global world. Experience and knowledge tells you one thing. That tells you you know how to do it the old way, but you don't necessarily know how to look for for ways on how to do it in a new way. When we really look at innovation, the technology is the easy part, and the technology is not the expensive part. And until we understand that and change completely the process, we're never going to get there. Welcome back to the Spark, a podcast about work in the global digital age. I'm Prue Duggan. This week, we take you to Shanghai and into the world of Coco Chi. Coco is an architect, but not the kind of architect you're probably thinking of. I'm a software architect, focusing on building software, landing on both cloud. And For a couple of years now, Philip's focus has been on healthcare. And Coco is the principal architect of an ambitious new digital platform to help develop new technologies.、Uh, software architect does a number of things, like a traditional architect in the construction. So first, software architect understanding the big picture, what we want to build, how to build it in a, a nice way in terms of beauty as well as the cost. Then make sure、uh, the things Coco builds may not be made of bricks and mortar. But there are both differences and similarities between traditional architecture and software architecture. I think the major difference is that the output is different. Software architect, the output is software.、Uh, building architect, the output is、uh, is the building. The similarity is they need to have a good view of big picture. They need to have a long-term view, not only to define how the building or software is constructed, but also need to have a strong plan and、uh, put those plan into、uh, realization how the building can be maintained and sustained, or the software can be maintained and sustained after it's get constructed. Kuka is developing China-specific digital needs in an ever-evolving world. There is a lot of tuning and、uh, extension work we need to do. For example,、uh, the difference between China、uh, hospital enterprise and、uh, West world is different. So we also need to take those differences into account. These differences will become architectural requirements into the project. For example, Kuka is not only dealing with differences in cultural norms, but differences in regulations and IT. But that's not all. Sometimes software architects、uh, mingle with the product design or product requirement. After they grow, now architects can play a different role to make sure the entire development and operation will be cost-effective and avoid risk. So, in different phase of the company, architects usually play a different roles. In China, innovation in technology can sometimes be both a huge opportunity. And a huge challenge. China has、uh, 1.3 billion population. Almost, almost everybody are already、uh, internet user. So this is a great advantage to for people to utilize digital technology and、uh, internet to approach those users. 
So if you look at the latest China, some IPO examples,、uh, some small company can quickly grow to multi multi million users in、uh, two or three years. So that's a great opportunity. Even、uh, I think even for Philips to see how we can grow in a different way. The major city they have a very very good、uh, network infrastructure, but even for those rural areas. Uh, with the 4G and 5G opportunities, they can jump from almost a dark world to the latest technology within one click. So that's、uh, also a good opportunity to bring this into the healthcare opportunity. Kirka's job is to merge technology and healthcare for personal and professional use. There is a more demanding in technology and software in hospital. You know, in the past, hospital they have own practice. But they also learning from other、uh, enterprise to realize that IT digitalization, cloud, and AI will be greatly benefit to hospital in terms of both operation as well as their core business, which is to do diagnostic and to better treat their patients. How to use AI in healthcare is a common issue, not only in China but in the global world. This is the spark. Spark. This is the spark. This is the spark. This is the spark. China is renowned for the speed of change that has affected nearly every aspect of its culture, the growth of its cities, for example, or its rising influence in the business world. Yet, despite its ancient culture, China has seemingly embraced new technologies in ways that other places haven't. If you believe in、um, new technology as a disruptor, then of course you also understand that、um, experience and knowledge might not save you. That might be the problem. Stefan Hitvorsch is an author, a former economist, and a speaker on future trends, disruptive change, and innovative leadership. He says that if disruption has done anything, it's shown us that these days the old way of doing things isn't always tried and true. Experience and knowledge tells you one thing. That tells you you know how to do it the old way, but you don't necessarily know how to look for for ways on how to do it in a new way. Today, as you know, there is a lot of focus on technology, revolutionary technologies, disruptive technologies, new,、uh, sexy technologies. This is because of digitalization. So today, you don't necessarily need to be big to disrupt an industry. You can have a skill and have an idea and go online and then just go global with your idea. And that was not possible 15, 20 years ago. So we are sort of in the beginning of the beginning, and we will see a lot of disruptors, even though they are not more than maybe 10, 15 years old. And that's playing a big role in China at the moment. There are lots of startups. But Coca and his team try to learn from them instead of seeing them as a threat, because after all, their goal is to bring innovation to the market and to to China. As a Philips, they have a great and deep technology DNA, so there is a a lot of things we can leverage and learn and get from the global support. But on the other side, in China, the the startup environment, the innovation culture are very hot. So we also learn a lot from the local companies and local startups. 
So for me, this could be a good combination to combine those two together, utilize the, the coolest or the new methodology and approach, and uh, utilize this global Philips uh, technology asset, combine them together, and to seek an opportunity to bring value. And that's really important, because thinking creatively, getting people on board, and streamlining the process are key. When we really look at innovation, the technology is the easy part, and the technology is not the expensive part. It's not the thing that's contributing to the biggest cost saving. That is a people issue. That is a process issue. And until we understand that and change completely the process, we're never going to get there. Ron Tight is an author, speaker, and founder and CEO of Church and State, an advertising agency based in Toronto. For him, disruption is challenging, but sometimes a shake-up is a good thing. There are these anti-establishment forces that are bubbling up under the surface, and what those forces are doing is that they're simply solving problems that the establishment can't or won't. You can't always be reinventing the thing that you've invented. As professionals, we often find ourselves asked to make career choices based on a few documents, an interview, a tour. Too often, we're asked to jump into something blind. At Philips, we want your career to be in your own hands. Here, you're given plenty of room to realize your inspired ideas and opportunities that can take you wherever you want to go. With the ability to switch roles to grow your career, you'll become a more skilled and agile professional and will supplement your learning on the job with coaching, mentoring, and formal trainings. Don't just change jobs, change your entire career. Innovation and you. Philips. Welcome back to The Spark and our series exploring the nature of work in the global digital age. Today, we're talking about disruption and digitalization and what it's like to be working in an industry that's new and yet already going through a lot of change fast. In order to survive disruption, you need to be constantly on the lookout for new ideas instead of rehashing old ones. So it's important to have the time and space to be creative, to explore. And one way of doing that? Create a lab like the one Coco is involved in. I'm working in the China Digital Innovation Lab. We work with a lot of research uh, scientists. We work with a lot of advanced engineering peoples. They focus on more long-term and deep innovation creation. I think the, the flexibility or maybe a good part is they have more freedom to, to explore. Uh, Kirka and his team at the China Digital Innovation Lab turn some of their ideas into things that can be used in the real world, like a tool for chronic disease management that lets medical professionals monitor their patients more effectively outside of the hospital and gives patients access to care anytime, anywhere. So that's also a great and very interesting job is you, you always be able to touch coolest technologies, the most advanced ideas, and to be able to explore the, the coolest approach to realize those innovation. When you want to innovate and you want to try something new, that's where the lab comes in. That's where the concept car comes in. And you have to take it off the assembly line. You have to have it with a small group of people 
And the objective of the lab or the objective of the concept car is that there is no hope or expectation that this thing's going into production. It's never going to see the light of day. And so in accepting that right out of the gate, you're opening yourself up to just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. Because you're not saying, oh, that's going to cost way too much. You're not even asking yourself those questions. You're doing it just to do it. And then maybe you find out that there's a gas cap in that concept car that works really well. And you decide that that can very seamlessly be plugged into the assembly line. And you end up with a new gas cap on the assembly line with a very specific role and very little disruption to the assembly line. So you need a lab where ideas are allowed to fail, but where ideas are also allowed to come to life. And what lab could be greater than the one that tries to come up with ideas that are out of this world? I'm part of a landing site selection team for the Mars 2020 rover, which is... Uh, Bruce Damer thinks big, really big, and helps make unusual things happen. And, uh, it's a big rover, it's almost 2,000 pounds, and it, it has a life detection mission and a sample caching mission, and... It has a drone on it, too, which will fly off, and you'll, you'll see Mars from above. You heard Bruce a couple of episodes back, talking about being committed to revolutionary ideas. He's a researcher at University of California, Santa Cruz. He freelances for NASA and tries to solve things like, you know, the origin of life. Initially, they'd asked me to do a lot of other designs, like how do we land people on an asteroid? How do we visit one? Or how do we mine on the moon? Or So I worked on a couple dozen projects for them. But in the back of my mind was my teenage vision of somehow creating stepping stones out of asteroids to, to open the solar system. And I knew that no one was really working. I think it's fair to say that Bruce is someone who appreciates the need for freedom when it comes to coming up with disruptive ideas that have to do with our future. He calls himself a free-range scientist, and he's a fan of the concept. I think the world needs these types of individuals, and James Lovelock, who's a great gentleman scientist, is in his 90s, he, he, he discovered the ozone hole, and he describes the gentleman scientist uh, as being somewhat of an outsider, but not isolated, but has their own lab, and he describes the death of the gentleman scientist that Society doesn't reward young people for taking this path. There isn't sort of a practice in funding crazy off-the-wall people who are dedicated to invent new things just to keep them going and producing. So creating a space for disruptive ideas is key. Fortunately, Bruce has found a way to do that through collaboration and experimentation, and he's never been more excited about his work. Why do I do what I do? Oh, it's just so much fun. Absolutely, it's a dream come true every day. My general mission is to produce some important outputs that will help us survive. So surviving challenges and thriving and understanding how the planet works, how life works, where we came from, where we could be going, to give us a, a sense of wonder that we even exist. We have the best tools we've ever had as a species and the best opportunity to make a, a truly great world and just to meet all of our challenges. 
We have what it takes. Coco, like Bruce, sees the opportunities of disruption as tangible, rewarding, and ultimately helpful. We can realize some great innovation into、uh, real life.、Uh, if you work in the traditional IT company or even internet company, the output is just a direct impact to the business or revenue. But in Philips, for example, if you work in the consumer side to support personal health improvement, or if you work in the hospital side to improve the diagnostic treatment for the patient, I think the outcome is not just、uh, only in revenue. It's also a bigger, a higher one, which is to really help people. If you're looking for a career that's a bit disruptive, check out careers.philips.com. And if you haven't yet, go to your podcast app and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. The Spark is produced by the Philips recruiting team. Available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Prue Duggan. Thank you for listening. Philips. Next week on the Spark, what happens when you pivot, both in your professional life and your personal life? A change is part of life. There's nothing wrong with the right change. Change means new things. Change means opportunities. Change is a good thing. Find out why next week on our final season two episode of the Spark. <laughs>